Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Ask an Attorney. The law office is now open. If you have a legal question about Florida law, give us a call. Our toll-free number, 800-969-9352. All right, good morning. Hour number two of Ask an Attorney, all about Florida law. I'm attorney Joe Pippen, practicing attorney. The law office is open. Hey, if you have a legal question, you have a toll-free number, 800-969-9352. That's 800-969-9352. In a few minutes, hopefully we'll be joined by attorney Catherine Holt. Catherine is our family law attorney. She's been host of Ask an Attorney All About Florida Law many times in the past. Um, On days that I wasn't available to do the show, she would come in and do it. She's had her own radio show. Um, legal talk for many years as well on a different station. She's no longer doing that for the time being, but she uh, does come on as a guest on Ask an Attorney All About Florida Law. So if you have a family law question, uh, why don't you go ahead and get queued up for that? Could be anything about Florida divorce, child support, child uh, time, children sharing, uh, grandparents' rights in Florida with grandchildren, anything like that you might ha- want to ask Catherine. You might want to ask her how the court system works today in the courts. She'll be available here in just a few minutes on Ask Attorney All About Florida Law. If you have any other legal question, I'd be more than glad to help you, and even Catherine can help with those too. So if you have a legal question about any area of law, anything you're concerned about, or just a problem, love to help you. Uh, and the toll-free number is 800-969-9352. That's 800-969-9352. We're more than glad to uh, help you in any way we can. If you'd like to attend, uh, i got a lot more doing the news break there, and people are just uh, wanting to attend this seminar. Had one email about the seminar. There comes another one. Um, say, hey, Trevor, if you're listening, thanks. We'll send you an invite confirmation. People wanting to know what it's about. Well, hey, it's just a seminar. I have to talk for 30, 40 minutes on uh, asset protection and take questions from the Zoom audience. And it's about as simple as that. Um, so we talk about, I talk, I'll talk about different ways of asset protection, what assets are exempt, what are some of the planning opportunities. Uh, if you send me an email, that's about the answer you get. So if you're listening and just send me an email, like one of them said, like more information, it's just an hour-long seminar, August 28th at 10 o'clock on Zoom. You send me a request to be part of the program. We'll send you a confirmation that we received your email and that you uh, can attend. 
and then sometime prior, just prior to the meeting, probably do it twice, we'll send you a link on Zoom where you just attend the seminar. It's really a Zoom seminar, is really that simple. If you'd like to attend, you can send me an email to joe, J-O-E, at A-T-T-Y, P-I-P dot com. So that's Joe at A-T-T-Y, P is in Paul, I-P is in Paul dot com. And just say, hey, I'd like to attend the seminar. If you attend the seminar, if you sign up and attend, we'll send you a free book on asset protection in Florida. It's as simple as that. And be more than glad uh, to do that. So one of the uh, questions I normally get while we're waiting for Catherine to uh, up, there she is, Attorney Catherine. Good morning. Good morning, Joe Pippin. How are you today? I'm doing great. And you? Wonderful. And how exciting about the Zoom seminar on asset protection plus if somebody attends, they also get a, a book of yours on asset protection? Yeah, Alan Gonzalez, uh, you remember him, he, he and I co-authored a book on asset protection, and I really haven't done much, you know, I, I was, I, you know, we've got four books in the audience now, actually, uh, four books. Uh, Patrick Smith wrote a, a smaller version of my Ask an Attorney book about estate planning, so we're co-authors on an estate planning book. Uh, John Frazier, you probably know because you're in the same office building with him, has a book on VA planning and nursing home Medicaid uh, estate planning. And uh, Alan Gonzalez and I had a book on uh, asset protection. So we're going to give that away for anybody who attends the seminar. We had close to 80 people sign up for the last seminar. About 60 of them attended. You know, you get a drop off on these things. People, for some reason, they commit two weeks out and then something else happens. So that's understandable. So uh, I think we'll get to 100 really, really quick on this. I'm not sure how many people will attend. But, uh, hey, at least they sign up. If it gets overcrowded, I'll just do two two seminars that day. (laughs) There we go. And to let the folks out there know, I, 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 I handle marital and family law. And at this point in time... Due to COVID, the Florida Supreme Court has said no in-person court proceedings unless they are, quote-unquote, essential and critical. So proceedings in my realm where I would need to go to court would be domestic violence or Baker Act or Marchman Act cases. But otherwise, if you're dealing with divorce or paternity, We don't go to court, and many of our judges are using the Zoom platform. One of the concerns about the judiciary and people attending court is not having to, uh, it's the free access to court and not having to pay to see the judge. So the, the judges want it to be very clear that Zoom, for folks out there, they can download Zoom onto their computer or onto their cell phone at no cost. So I just wanted to put that out there for some people who think, gee, I'd like to watch Joe Pippen uh, on his Zoom seminar. They can just download uh, that that Zoom into their computer and they can watch you and uh, it'll be a fun time. So that's great. 
All right, Catherine, I told them you were coming on, and we've got three callers here. Uh, <laughs> oh, great. They might all want to Yay. talk to you. I'm not sure what they're going to ask me yet. But let me ask you just, just give a quick answer. I know you yes. give longer answers than I do, but give a quick answer. So a person files for divorce, and in the middle of all that, the other spouse either comes under the Marchman Act or Baker Act. What does that do to the divorce proceeding? Since you mentioned that, it just popped into my head. Well, it it, it it delay obviously delays the the proceedings and more than likely causes the spouse who has not been Baker Act or Marchman Act, if there's children, to immediately file a motion with the court for custody, for emergency custody of the children. Because first and most important is best interest of the, of the children. Or if they feel as though the person, even if there aren't children, they could file an emergency motion for exclusive use and possession of the home. So bottom line, having one spouse, Baker Act or Marchman Act, at any point in time will cause the other spouse to file an emergency motion with the court for relief to protect themselves and to protect their children. All right, let's go to Josephina in St. Petersburg. Good morning. Good morning. I want to say hello to Catherine. I used to listen to her show every Saturday morning, so I miss her show. Good morning, Josephina. I was thinking about you, and and I don't know, maybe also because when I saw that hurricane coming through, I said, oh, no, it's named Josephina, and I thought of you, my friend. Well, thank you. I'm not going to have that much of an effect on you as Josephine out there. <laughs> anyway, well, I, um, good. I, I recently got married to my spouse, and she's a disabled, um, totally and permanently disabled Army veteran. And she has uh, what what is called a guardian to who handles her financial affairs. Now, I get I have a great relationship with the guardian. And I'm happy with what the guardian does, but the, my spouse wants me to take over all the duties of the guardian. Now we've approached the Department of Veteran Affairs about this, but I don't know what am I qual you know because I'm a spouse, am I qualified to do this, or I don't really know anything about it because it's hard to get get information out of the VA because a lot of their offices are closed because of the coronavirus. All right. Well, probably Joe can even chime chime in. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On, on this, but in, in regular guardianship cases, um, certainly if, if the person for whom the, the guardianship has been established is competent to make decisions regarding themselves and their, uh, their health and their finances, they can designate who they would want to be their, their guardian, and there can be a successor or replacement guardian. Joe, what about in the, in the VA and dealing with those benefits? Do you know of any other complexities? No, but I was going to ask him, would the present guardian be willing to resign? Well, I don't think she's adverse to it, but I don't really, I'm not sure because I haven't point blank asked her. I just, 
told I would, her that, that we, I, I was not, you know, I don't know Catherine? if she would or not. Catherine, wouldn't that make it yes, extremely I, easy I, for the existing guardian yeah, to resign? I, I think the first thing, first thing I would do is I would have to sit down. Um, the question would be, is it all three of you together? I probably would because it's a family affair. I would sit down and, uh, and I would also, you know, try and take care of this as soon as possible because what if something were to come up financially or health issue because you said that your spouse is permanently disabled? You know, if a health issue comes up and you haven't addressed this, then the third-party non-related guardian is going to be making all those decisions. So maybe you make a commitment to have a sit-down and talk or do a Zoom conference if the guardian, you know, perhaps can't get into the house this week, but try and get that done as soon as possible. Yeah, I would be what I, the way I would play this, I think, is I'd be extremely nice and ask the guardian if they would be willing to resign. My wife has stated that she wants, you know, me to handle things, and I, I want to step up and do that now as her husband. Uh, and I think the easy way to go about this is if you would resign and then um, my family law attorney will you know get me a, a petition to have myself appointed if the uh, if the guardian uh, resists then you might have to not be so nice and say look I'm going to try to do this I was hoping this would be done the easy way but if you don't want to do it the easy way I'm going to try to do this uh, because that's my wife's desire and then go about that procedure you know so, so, Catherine, is this something that you could hand, uh, handle with, you know, on my behalf? I, 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 Josephina, I you know that I, I would never turn you down, my friend. I've known you for way too long, and I know your, your history, and you mean a lot to me. Um, so, absolutely, if, if this comes up and you're having difficulties, or if you need me to, you know, to be part of the original conversations, I can also do that. Joe, Joe knows okay. that I have a way about me where if I if I, I'm very amicable and I'm a problem solver, but if we need to get a little bit more aggressive and, and take things to court, um, then we can do that. But we always like to try and start uh, on the amicable, friendly, get it done um, in a most time and cost effective way. So certainly, Josephina, just reach out to me next week right. or, or tomorrow and we can talk further. Thank you very yeah, much. Uh, and congratulations. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So so Catherine is Thank an you. attorney who uh, would, not, would not be, she can't charge by the hour because she becomes your friend and it's hard to allocate how much of the conversations are friendship and how much is legal representation. So I always talk about Catherine about you when I'm talking about you. I says Catherine's going to become your best friend during this process, and you know you need you need somebody during a divorce proceeding. Well, I'm talking about divorce, not guardianship. You need somebody right. to really be your advocate, somebody you can totally trust and talk to, and become your friend. I think and Catherine, you're perfect for that, in my opinion. So thank you, Joe. Well, you know what 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 happens in the family law cases is I hear things from my clients that they wouldn't tell their spouse, that they wouldn't tell their best friend or their next door neighbor. And it's important for the family law attorney to, to, and for really any attorney, to understand their client, but especially in litigation, because sometimes you're making decisions yeah. that 
you're not asking your, your client for every single decision that you're making. Sometimes yeah. they're they're procedural right. and not substantive, but you have to have your clients, you know, what type of client is he or is, is she, and is this decision going to best right. benefit Catherine, your I gotta client? Take a because break being a lawyer means it's all about your clients. All right, got to take a break in, during this hour. So it's 7.20. We'll be right back. All right, good morning again. This is Attorney Jeff Pippen along with Attorney Catherine Holt this morning. We have a bunch of callers here waiting to talk to one or both of us, so let's go to uh, Carrie in Tampa. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Gary. Hi. Hi. Good um, morning. Mine is a question more of, I believe, family law um, as assets. Um, I have, I own a home. It, it's not mortgage or anything. And I purchased it as a, um, it was a foreclosure. So there was a lot of work to be done on it, which my boyfriend did. So my question is, um, I know Florida does not have a common law and I have my estate in what used to be called like, um, I'm not sure what it's called in Florida, but it's like a ladybird deed to my son. Mm-hmm. So if I die, is there any way or anything that could cause any issues for my son uh, if my boyfriend was to become uh, the type of person that turned around and tried to make a claim? Well, there's no common law so in marriage, ha- like you say, so there's right, no so- spousal right. There's no spousal right to for him. I think the worst thing that could probably happen is he could probably claim, make a claim somehow for work done somehow or another, try to put a lien on the property, but that, that's a long shot and probably wouldn't be successful, but uh, he has no rights, so Lady Bird Deeds should work, you know, most of the time. Catherine? Okay. Okay, so if, and, and this happens a lot, so someone has as a home, they have a boyfriend come in, does, does a lot of work, he's not only maybe going to uh, to buy things for the home, but he's putting in his own personal efforts and what they call sweat equity. So if you were to pass away and then the home goes to your son, could a vindictive or disgruntled boyfriend come in and file a lawsuit, just like what Joe said? Yes, they may. Could they ask for what's to be compensated based on that there's various legal reliefs, like something known as quantum merit, that perhaps you and your estate have been unjustly enriched by what he has done? There's something constructive trust, or there's all kinds of complicated legal proceedings that could be filed. And, you know, the best way to address this would be, you know, especially if there's a breakdown in in the in the relationship, you know, maybe if you wanted to take it to the nth degree, you could have him sign a release, and that would be that would really be a more like a proof and a lockdown that he would not seek any uh, that he would not file any legal proceedings or seek any action as a result of what he's done. Problem with that yeah, is then yeah, he's Catherine, put on he, notice that even... he might even have an interest. So, like Joe said, it's probably a long shot with the Lady Bird deed and should something happen to the house. Yeah, she could sign oh, something. Okay. Yeah, could sign something. The work, 
Yeah, hold on, hold on, uh, Carrie. I'm sorry. Because we, we got a bottom of the hour newspaper here in just a second. And you're welcome to hold on if you want to. But he could sign a release of uh, any future equity in the house in consideration of the free rent that he's receiving. I mean, you could you could tie in okay. the fact that he's not paying rent and he has uh, got that excellent. benefit. Yes. And he's paying he's paying for uh, the equity that he's not going to give release. Um, but Kat, well, uh, see, Carrie, you the can hold house on is outright owned, and he's not paying a lease. And the work that's he's been done, there's no receipts because I paid for it all. I know, but he's uh, forgiving or releasing any claim he might have in the uh, equity in the future, in consideration for the free rent that he's receiving. Hey, uh, Carrie, you hold on there if you go. want to. We got to take a news break. We'll be right back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For two this morning, and we have attorney Catherine Holt joining me for the rest of the hour. So thank you for doing that, Catherine. And Carrie, Carrie's on hold. We're talking to Carrie. You still there, Carrie? Yes, I am. All right. Do you have some other questions? No, that was all I had a question about. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for holding on. Okay. All right. Let's Thank go to you, Jason in Tampa. Hey, Jason. Yes. Yes, sir. What can we do for you? Uh, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, as uh, as we get older, we consider having a uh, child uh, come uh, live with us and uh, help us. And I'd like to know at what point do we create uh, some sort of legal tenancy where we may not be able to ask the child to leave or where the child may decide not to leave uh, following uh, uh, our death. Okay, Why so you... when you mention, you know, a child coming to live, are, are we talking about a child that's related to you and we're talking about someone who's under 18? No, we'd be, uh, thank you, I'm so sorry. We'd be talking about an adult child, an, uh, our actual child, uh, who, uh, okay. my son or daughter, who, who might come to live with me, uh, and they would be an adult, yes. Okay. Well, one suggestion would be a lease. I mean, you can have a lease with a child, with a term, term, and then the lease can be renewed, you know, as needed or wanted. And then you have a legal document that kind of defines uh, them there and for a time period that could be reviewed. You know, it could be a six-month lease. It could be a year lease. It could be every six months uh, with the right to renew. I mean, you kind of need to discuss all this, in my opinion, ahead of time and figure out 
what the arrangement's going to be. And then the safest thing, of course, is to put it in, in writing. But a lease can be renewed. Catherine, what's your take? Okay, so if you, and, and absolutely, you can have a lease with a family member. And then if there is um, any breach or default in that lease, the way to get the person out is to file an eviction case with the court. You can also not have a lease and enter into perhaps a cohabitation agreement. And I'm just wondering if that might be a softer approach with a child um, because you're going to want to address issues of, you know, what are their financial responsibilities going to be for staying at the home? Do they pay for a portion of the utilities? Um, what, you know, are, are they going to have um, one bedroom to be able to use, one, one bathroom? What are their responsibilities going to be, you know, to each parent? Um, are there going to be maybe um, curfew times? Are there going to be uh, restrictions as to whether or not the child can uh, drink alcohol in, in the home or bring people over to the home? Um, and what happens if the child goes on vacation? Is there going to be a substitute person who's going to come in? I mean, there, there, there's all different. That's what I'm saying. A lease is good, but really trying to flush out some of those other issues with the cohabitation agreement, maybe a cohabitation agreement plus a lease, uh, a cohabitation uh, agreement addressing all those other issues that certainly would be very important to you. But I think uh, the fact Catherine, that you're calling could, ahead yeah. of time now is excellent because what if the person comes into your house and then you can't get them to leave, which I think is yeah, your concern. Ca Catherine, they could also uh, have like a personal service contract where spell out the duties of the child in whatever, uh, you know, whatever you want the child there for, you know, other than being right. a family member, uh, kind of spell out what their obligations would be and pay them for it. And the pay can be toward the rent or the pay can be, you know, in addition to the rent. I think that's excellent. That's that's almost like what we were talking about with Carrie in the telephone call before the, the release for the, the free rent. Tying, tying in these various areas of law together in a written document and making the language very simple and understandable, you know, not, not, not a real complicated agreement, but just setting forth. So everybody understands what their rights and duties and obligations are. And, you know, also if you're bringing a child in, into the home to help you, you know, you would want to have notice if the child was just going to up and leave. So just understanding, look, you, you can't just be here taking care of me and me relying upon you and then you leave, you know, giving a 30-day notice requirement or other issues just to make sure that um, everybody understands what their responsibilities are in the living arrangement. So I like yeah, it. I understand. I, I, think, I think it's very important Thank to you. define. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if by uh, having somebody live in your home without anything written, without a lease or any of that, do you create some sort of a, a, a legal right for that person to stay in that home, some sort of tenancy once you pass? Um, well, it's, it's, not, it's not a tenancy. It, when, when you're thinking tenancy, you're thinking having a lease. But do they have a right to stay there? You, you've heard about squatters' rights, right? That's and especially calling. if they start to get mail at your house and they, and they get a driver's license at your house, 
then you can't just knock on the door and say, well, time to leave because the person can stay there until you file a legal action with the court. There, there's one action called unlawful detainer. So there, if, if there's no lease, okay, and, and they've never paid you any rental monies, then you'd have to file a lawsuit to get them out. Okay, because or, yeah, or there has been a there an has been an informal legal relationship that's been established. Yeah, and then you can't evict evict anybody today, for, for at least for the rest of the year. Probably. Right. Exactly, Joe. Hey, Jason. I would be so, uh, you know one thing that really could be aggravating to you is the friends they might have, and their uh, their thoughts of entitlement now to your home. And being able to bring whatever friends they want to, and stay for whatever hours, and play whatever music they want, and all these, all these kind of things. So uh, that would be something to consider to put down in writing as to what the rules are, definitely, in, in some format. Great, thank you very much. All right, well, thanks for okay. calling. Thank you, Jason. Hey, if you'd like to call, ask an attorney all about Florida law. Attorney Catherine Holt is joining me until eight. We're going to go to Scott here. And Hudson here in just a minute, but phone lines are open after Scott. So if you'd like to call the show and be part of the show or ask your question, you have a toll-free number, 800-969-9352. 800-969-9352. Let's go to Scott and Hudson. Yes, sir. Are you still there? Yes, Scott. What can we do for you? Yes, sir. Um, I have a, it's a probate issue here, um, a, a private, a private sale because we're going through the probate and what it is, is it's saying here, the rep, I got my sister as a representative, the PR and the above described real property at a private sale at that, at that, the net proceeds from the sale to be held in the attorney trust account for the attorney such until such time as an ordering determined homestead status of real property has been entered into this court. Um, my questions, my questions are going to be, um, how is he going to release this, uh, check to us once he's, I guess he's assuming that he's getting his, uh, fees out of this. And is, is this going to be, and he also has a tax ID. Now, are we going to be taxed or is this, uh, inheritance tax that we can get or, or how this is going to proceed? No, I think I think real estate generally gets a stepped-up cost basis, so there, I don't think taxes are going to be an issue. Um, normally, the check would be issued to the estate and given to your sister, the personal representative, and then the sister would pay the attorney fee out of that. However, if it's set up to where the money comes into the attorney's trust account, which I thought you might have mentioned there from That's the sale. Yeah, once the a petition for homestead, which is to uh, a method to make sure there are no creditors that can put liens on the property if it's homestead. So the attorney uh, probably has an agreement or fee agreement with the personal representative, and whether he takes his fee uh, out of the trust account money with uh, permission from the per personal representative, your sister. Uh, all that could play out in different ways. So basically, that's just going to be an agreement according to the fee agreement with the, the attorney and your sister, the personal representative. So, 
So <clears throat> in regards, Social Security numbers are not going to be come across on this. The what now? Social Security numbers, when they display this or dis when he disperses the money, how if it's a tax ID, is there a Social Security number that he has to retrieve? Well, normally you, attorney, will get the Social Security numbers for reporting of tax, but there, I don't think there's going to be any tax on the sale of the homestead to anybody. Because, again, the inheritance is not taxed unless it's over 11.58 million dollars. The capital gains tax is not going to apply because the real estate gets a stepped-up cost basis at the time of death. And depending on when no the person died and the timing of the sale, there's yeah. not... Um. Now, will this affect my food stamps as all? Well? If I collect food stamps. Is your, are your food stamps based on your total income or assets? Ye yes. Well, you're going to get a check, whatever that check's going to be for your portion of this uh, from the probate. So you need to figure out what that check's going to be and talk to wherever, uh, where you're getting your food stamps from. And if it would, there's probably ways to move that money into a personal service contract or some type that's not countable. There, there, if that's going to affect your government benefits, the money can be moved into a non-countable asset that would not affect them. So you're probably going to need an attorney to walk you through a that. A bank, can, a bank can do that? Can a bank do that? No, you're going to need an attorney to help you if the, if the money's going to disqualify you. So it can be received in a different way where it won't. I see. Or if I don't, if if it's getting, I don't know how she's going to disperse the money, if it's going to be a cashier's check or how that's going to go down. Um, <clears throat> if I don't stick it into no account or nothing, um, they can't reflect back to well, No, I can't tell you how to, uh, you know, I can't tell you how to be dishonest about the money and not report it. So you're going to need an attorney to help guide you through that. I see. <clears throat> All right, Scott. All right. All right. All right. Thank well, you thanks very for much. calling. All right. Uh, let's go to John in Tampa. Hey, John. Yeah. Hi, yeah, John. I got a little bit of Hi, a hearing problem. I got yeah, a hearing go problem. Can you hear me? Yeah, we have about two minutes Hello? before we have to take another break there. Can, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, barely. All right, well, just, re uh, just I just wanted to ask you a question about something. Uh, I, I had a harp a while back. You know, I did the harp, you know, on my mortgage. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, the, the, the mortgage company I'm with, I think they ripped me off bad because um, I talked to a, a, a mortgage company about it and told them what I received from the harp, and they said, you got ripped off. They, and I went back over and confronted them about it. Hello. And they said that they. Reggie, um, can you hear me? They said that they they couldn't do any, they couldn't do anything about it, and uh, I was supposed to have gotten a hundred dollars off my payment, and they only gave me forty eight. And that program is supposed to be for people to help people with their mortgage. You know what I'm saying? Can you hear me? John, can can you hear me? I barely can hear you. I got some batteries coming from my phone, but I can barely hear you. 
John, you can call in. You can call into our office. Keep listening to the show. You can call into our office. We do have a real estate uh, attorney who could talk to you about your mortgage issue. Um, or you can go to the website, but our office number is 727-586-3306. You can, and I, if Joe is able to give the information, but I can, you can call and ask for attorney Jim. We have Jim at our office and he handles, uh, mortgage foreclosure issues. And he's familiar with HARP. I've heard him talk about it. uh, What's the other up to your number? 727, what is it? 727 586 And Jim is at extension 116. One, two ones? Yes, that's one, correct. 116. One, 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 and Jim can do a uh, telephone consultation with you. Okay. I went to a mortgage company and they said that I should have got a hundred dollars off on my tarp on my payment because it's designed when people use it and they get approved for it they were they're supposed to get a hundred dollars off on their mortgage payment and right he said oh no you don't know that we would have got it you would have got that that's what they told me they only gave me forty eight dollars I think they ripped me off because I Do you have all the original paperwork from when you obtained that that uh, that release? Huh? Do you have What's all that? the paperwork? Uh, I've got the uh, the paper that I, that was filed after okay. they did the uh, closing on it. I have that. See, they sent me something out okay. in the mail, and I didn't know anything about okay. it. And they said you're approved, you know, appraisal, and then they turned around and told me they said. Oh, you got to do it this week on a certain day if you want to get it okay. done. Well, it hey, John, right, Jen, I'm sorry, guys. Um, we have to go to break. And I think we lost, give us, uh, give us a call lost next, next week and ask for Attorney Jim. But um, <laughs> huh? I was just going to see, John, do you want to hold? Check with Jim, right? Yes, sir. And I know somebody all right, else. You're listening to Ask an Attorney all about Florida law, so take a short break and be right back. Yeah. This is Ask an Attorney on 970 WFLA. All right, we'll see you next all about the law. I'm attorney Joe Pippen. Uh, I have Catherine Holt with me for the next few minutes. If you have a family law question, we can take that. If you call pretty quickly here, Catherine will be with me till 7.58.50 when we have to end this hour. So the question, if you want to call quickly to talk to Catherine, it's 800-969-9352. It's the phone number. And Catherine, we were talking yesterday about now that you uh, previously you mainly took family law cases in Pinellas and Hillsborough County, but because of the right. Zoom and not having to travel all over the state, you now can take cases, uh, family law cases, just about anywhere that's, in Florida. That's true. So if anybody out there um, especially would like to have a consultation with me, we can do a Zoom consultation. We can look at each other. 
Um, and it, it was it was a barrier for me to take other cases in other counties just because of, it could be as simple as the drive time um, and just not cost effective for the, the client. So the COVID pandemic has, uh, has opened up the opportunity for us to handle cases outside of our very close area here. So, Joe, would no, it be no, okay a, if I gave big, out my... Uh, yeah, go ahead and give us all your contact information, sure. Sure. Anybody out there, you can reach me by telephone at 727-586-3306 at extension 112. Or my email address is my last name, H-U-L-T at A-T-T-Y-P-I-P.com. Once again, HALT at A-T-T-Y-P-I-P.com. When you contact me, I'll probably ask, hey, let's Zoom a a, a meeting together and talk about your case. Still, the, the levels of confidentiality uh, apply, so it doesn't matter whether you're in office, whether it's telephone, or whether it's teleconferencing. Thank you. All right. Do you get Do you get all dressed up with lots of uh, with your makeup and <laughs> I hair? Is all just perfect for your Zoom meetings? I, I, you know what? It, it's it's I, I I still do whether I'm zooming from home or the office or wherever it may may be. I'm still all dressed up just like I'm I'm handling it uh, with a client coming in or, or going to court. So yes. <laughs> all right. Well, Catherine, thanks for joining me this hour. I really appreciate it. And you have a great Sunday. Thank you so much, Joe. Have right, a wonderful weekend. I, I appreciate right. being able to share the time with you. All right. Bye-bye. If you have a legal question uh, for next hour, get, get queued up here at 800-969-9352. 800-969-9352. Be back for hour number three. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.